0: Welcome back to another episode of Hey Mama. Today's guest, I'm speaking with Amanda Loftus. Is that how I say your last name right? It
1: is. Perfect. Okay,
0: awesome. Now, Amanda is a mom of one. She's a management consultant, a writer, a designer, a leadership coach, and a widow. Now, I'm sure we're going to get to all those topics and those subjects along the chat today. Uh, but I wanted to start with management consulting. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about being a management consultant, um, what that actually is?
1: Sure. So it is a lot of things. It's working with corporates, organizations around. So I work with leadership Um, from top top to bottom down of organizations on things like culture, um, how they're organized, designed to work, how to be more efficient, um, implementing new systems and technology and how to bring people along on the journey. So that's a very small snapshot of what I do. Lots of change, um, yeah, and design of people and systems. So it's human-centered design. Um, and I've also been working in the artificial intelligence space as well recently. So that's very fascinating. Um and it's full on role. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that yeah, on and off for quite a number of years actually. I came through sort of the HR route. So people have always been my my thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So you came through the HR um, role kind of thing, and then it it turned into a management consulting. I find that absolutely fascinating on how much you actually do and implement in terms of leadership and um, with human beings. So uh, what landed you in that type of role? Like you talked about the HR, but what led you down that path and um, all those years ago?
1: really interesting I think you know you I was reflecting on that a week ago and every single position or job I've ever had has actually equaled in what I do now so I actually left school at a really young age um, uh, just due to something that happened and I ended up working from 16, so really young, and having to work really hard. So while all my friends partied overseas and doing their OE, I was working all day. So I got actually into recruitment when I was younger and literally interviewed thousands and thousands of people over 15 years. Um, and I was trained in psychometric tools as well, so really understanding how people behave in different situations, that sort of thing which led me into HR and organizational design. So that is looking at how organizations function versus their business strategy and implementing, I guess, uh, systems, processes and the people change to enable that to happen. So yeah, it's been a long journey, but it's amazing all the work that I get to do now with teams. So And seeing that impact across a huge number of people as well. So...
0: What expect. kind of impact would you say um, that that's had? Did you, did you hear that?
1: No,
0: sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, there was a doorbell and nobody else is joining in this conversation, so I don't know what happened. That's okay. We can edit that out. <laughs> so um, I said, what you, sort of impact do you think that, that, um, that, these, that you've had uh, on these people?
1: around people generally being a lot happier in the work that they do and actually being confident in the work that they do and helping them increase their capability as well in different areas and move into roles and positions that they never thought were possible um, and helping them dream big. So, you know, collaborating with them, strategizing with them um, to make their dreams come true at work. So a lot of organizations don't know how to enable their big ideas. And um, so I've been working with lots of different teams on the technical side to build crazy new ways of working and new systems and then training people up in organizations to make that happen. So I think it has a big impact on their confidence, their self-confidence as well, their their purpose, having yeah. self, self-worth as well. Um, being present at work their engagement you know a lot of the organizations that I work with after we've done big projects with them they come out with a higher rate of engagement people are not leaving um, as often so that's a pretty cool impact to have on an organization right so yeah
0: absolutely I just love it because people do thrive off Proper systems, proper structure. And like, even what, what we do in, in health is that that's what we do. We help people create a system, create structure in their own homes. Um, and then we see that impact that it has on their lives. So, for you going in and working on the culture, and I'm, I mean, one of my favorite books is Dare to Lead, which is um, uh, Brene Brown. So, like, it sounds like similar work. Uh, would, would you? Yeah, yeah it sounds I like. Yeah. And, and putting people into positions of their strength. That's what I'm picking up from that. And then that way, you know, they're not seeing so much of their, Oh, I'm, I'm not good at that or I'm not good at that, but you're putting them into strength roles where they're building their confidence and then therefore they want to stay, don't they?
1: Absolutely. And they're getting opportunities to grow. And that's the thing people like to grow. It doesn't matter whether it's with one organization or Five, often that will be the reason why they leave a company It's either the culture the leadership not being great or they don't get any opportunities so mm. definitely it's about enabling people now yeah. Um, yeah and the world's changed you know with COVID that's had a huge impact on people yes Yes, absolutely,
0: And and I can't help but see the similarities in school, in schooling and stuff as well, because you spend a lot of time there. You spend a lot of hours in your workplace, so you want to make it like a a great place to go to that you look forward to go, go to, and you have that culture, you have those systems, you put in the right roles where you look forward to going to work. And if you're not looking forward to going to school because the system is, you know, it's so old school, it's sitting in your seat and learn for six hours. If you're not um, creating that culture around you, where you're not getting along with people, you know, it's, it's, um, it can be a very miserable place, right?
1: Absolutely. And people are working from home, right? So you know, mm. generally speaking, they are just seeing the same people all the time. So, you know, you've got to make it interesting. Um, yeah. So I've worked a lot with virtual teams too in creating culture virtually. Yeah, yep, a whole that's what you've got to do. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: and what happened with our online businesses. We had to create culture online.
1: And it's hard, right? If you haven't mm. met people in person, there's more of a challenge around that. But, um, you know, good leaders can do that yeah oh
0: absolutely fascinating can I ask um why you chose to leave at 15 16 I know it was common back then because I I mean I left at like 17 or something like that thinking oh the school's not for me was that similar to you or did you have a, a an experience that made you leave school I
1: did. yeah so we had a very traumatic event happen actually um which I do talk about it's kind of funny to talk about it now because it seems like a dream and it happened to somebody else it was when I was 15 we actually had um a home invasion like a very terrible violent home invasion um my mum and I actually so I was actually kidnapped we were kidnapped and held yeah um not hostage as such but um yeah, it was terrifying. And for that year following, I pretty much spent most of that year in counselling Yeah, three times a week for two hours um, and testifying in high court and things like that. Back in wow. those days, too, they had name suppression. So I wasn't allowed to talk to my friends about it. My school didn't know about it. They just thought that I was unreliable. And I was a straight A student and, until that happened. Um, And planning to go to university. Talk about it to the
0: school. You couldn't let them know this is why
1: uh, you know I'm acting out of character, or I wasn't there pretty much. So um, that was in my. I'm just trying to think of the Australian equivalent. So in New Zealand, back in those days, it was called school certificate. So that's your first sort of qualification, say towards ATAR for university. Um, So it's a really important year, and Mm. I literally I didn't. I think I got bullied at school too for being away um, for such a long time and I lost an incredible amount of weight actually from this stress. Um, The people were saying um, you know are you anorexic and what is that why you've been away and so it was a really tough time so I left school I actually still sat the qualification even though I hadn't been there I missed out by one percent can you believe it and I should have sent it in for a recount but I thought you know uh, I'd sort of grown so much during that year as a person. I felt like I didn't fit into that environment anymore. Yeah. Um, And there wasn't really the right support back then. We're talking, I'm 46 now. So that's a very long time ago. Um, You know, things were very different then. So I moved away, actually. I went and lived with my aunt and uncle in a completely different city to have a fresh start and started working. So, yeah.
0: And how was that for you to when you did get the fresh start? And um, did you know? Did your mother come along with you, or?
1: Yeah, she no, she didn't actually. I was very independent. I guess I've always been quite independent, free spirit, and my mum is the same actually. So she moved to a different place, and I moved to a different place. And because I was with my aunt and uncle, it was her younger sister. She wasn't really, you know, too bothered by that. She'd come and see me all the time. Um, and we had some adventures together we went traveling and did a few trips and things like that yeah wow. but um, it was amazing to have a fresh start and rebuild your life without you know so many people because by that stage everybody knew about it it had been in the papers and it was you know a lot in a small town I come from a very small coastal town in New Zealand so it was wonderful to have that freedom and that space to walk down the street and have nobody recognise you or know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, you can be whoever you want. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And um, so you got into recruitment because of, you know, because you left school and you went to start. That got you on your journey to um, management consultant. Uh, I want to talk about um, your next title, which is you're a mother. So you're a mum of one. Can you talk to me about um, and you and, and and you're a widow as well. So, what is it like being a single working mum that's obviously so driven um, and has lots of goals? And but you're all, you're doing it, you know, by yourself and 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 not on like not a decision that you made to do it on your own. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been widowed for three years this Sunday actually, which is crazy. It's gone really quickly, but it feels like a lifetime as yeah. well ago. So my daughter's 16 now, so she was 13 when her dad passed away. Um and being a mum and working full time, and I'm also renovating a house, I've done two now, which is crazy, maybe I'm a bit crazy, that's that's the word, <laughs> crazy and sometimes exhausted, but also really energised as well, so it's all about mindset, to be fair, like I could have chosen to be very sorry for myself I've lost my whole life with my husband I had a wonderful life with him
0: yeah tell me um, a little bit about that tell me a little bit about your um your life with your husband before before um you know your daughter was born and when your daughter was born itself
1: yeah so we met when I was about 27 he's older than me he was seven years older than me living in Sydney and he was back for a political conference so he was very into politics um and he was also a strategist as well in the marketing space. So we just hit it off instantly. We both had, you know, that synergy of um, values and uh, goals and things like that. And we just clicked. So he actually relocated to New Zealand to be with me, which was
0: Aww, nice. Of him. It's normally the um, other um, way around,
1: and, isn't it? Yeah, I did try to go to Sydney actually. So I ended up in Australia eventually. But um, he <laughs> wanted to come back for his political career as well. So it kind of all worked out yeah um and we weren't together we did everything the wrong way uh, back then we actually had ella first she yep. came along she was a bit of a surprise um but a wonderful surprise and then we got married after that so we were married for 15 years before he died um and we had wonderful he was very into traveling and we were a tight little three family unit the three musketeers pretty much so yeah we lived all over the place and met so many great people he was very social and so when someone like that leaves your life it leaves a really big gap for, for two of you for sure so it's not something that you can fill either um and so the best thing for me was to actually start a whole new life yeah
0: and that's when you moved to Australia is that right
1: you did, yeah. during COVID actually I woke up one day and thought I'm living a life for two people and the, one of them's not here.
0: we <laughs> were so trying to continue on that yeah.
1: line. That yeah. Big, yeah. It's that. a really hard thing because, you know, we had a huge house and um, I'd just finished renovating that house. And I was running around, you know, um, solo parenting with Ella and still trying to keep up the same existence. And it became very noticeable how hard that was to do. I was so tired. Mm. Um And COVID, I was working quite long hours from home as well. The only great thing about COVID for me was I did a massive big um, focus on exercise. And I got out and did a lot of that. Um, Lots of walking to process, you know, emotions and grief and things like that. Um, So, yeah, we decided to move to Australia pretty much a year and a half afterwards. And we didn't know we were going to move here. We just chose Australia, and that was for lots of different reasons many reasons around my daughter is passionate about acting. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, she's That's very good. talented and she's been training for years at it. So, yeah. the schooling over here and um, more acting opportunities was a really big um, pull for us. For me personally, it was better weather.
0: <laughs>
1: it was what? Sorry. Better weather. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would feel the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. great, you know, our business opportunities over here too. So, you know, it seemed to be a good move to make. So we flew over actually on the first green flight into Australia. So we were the first flight that never had to quarantine.
0: Oh, uh, right. I remember that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So we had no idea we walked out to sort of like 50, 100 media people snapping and filming
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> did your daughter love that, that though what's that did your daughter love that though oh look, look. I could be famous
1: but <laughs> she's like oh I haven't done my hair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and so yeah so you moved over to um, Australia and you've also had uh, your own health journey as well So, you know, for those that listen um, to this podcast, they know that that's what we do. I help mums in their health journeys because I believe that mums are the first leaders. And, you know, if mums aren't well, then it ricochets through the whole family and we can change the next generation by just um, changing mums habits and lifestyles. Uh, So and you have your own health journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that, too?
1: sure absolutely so whilst my so my husband was sick with cancer for three almost three years so that was pretty tough um in terms of on me physically because I was having to look after and take care of him which I would you know happily do anytime my daughter you know working full-time I was restructured during global restructures I was um I had a very uh, full-on position at the time, contracting. So doing what I do now, but um, I was working also for the military at the time, doing some work there, which is a wonderful organisation. And um, I became very sort of just functioning, if that makes sense, surviving. I was in survival mode. mode. Absolutely. I had no idea at the time, at all (laughs) it's not until you look back afterwards right and I think it was about a couple of months after Mike had passed away they were looking through old photos and things and I was like who is this woman I do not recognize her so I decided I woke up one day and I thought right I'm gonna do something about this and I happened to speak to somebody who said like find something that you're passionate about and make it a habit And so that's what I did. I started walking 5Ks a day to start with. And I think the first six weeks for me were so tough mentally. I went through all sorts of different, you know, mood, not mood swings as such, but emotional highs and lows with trying to force myself to do something that my body didn't want to do at all.
0: (laughs) It is all about mindset there, isn't it? when it goes when you go oh i'll just oh, I'll just do this instead, or I don't have time for this, and it is really just like you have to ignore those thoughts and do it anyway.
1: You absolutely do have to push through it, and it's something that you have to do for yourself. I think that's how it worked for me. I couldn't rely on other people to motivate me, I had to really tap into why I was doing it. I yep. also read um the David Goggins book as well. And that actually really helped me. And I know he is, you know, people say he is nuts. You know, he's done, he went into the Navy SEALs and he's done all these crazy things. And But I found that quite inspirational, um, especially for the second part of my health journey. So I lost a lot of weight and became very fit. And I would often walk five to 10 Ks quite regularly. Um, And I swam and I... um, went to the gym I started going to the gym once I'd lost my initial weight as well and yeah I think some of his words actually kept me inspired that we're stronger than what we think we are so we have to learn to push beyond our boundaries especially physical boundaries as people seem to be really afraid to do that. Um, Really, They really are I couldn't I couldn't agree more yep And be organized. So, to enable myself to change that part of my lifestyle, I had to change a lot of things in my environment. So, Mm -hmm. I had to look at the things that I could have an impact to change, um, not the things that I couldn't. So, you know, I have a child, so I knew what those responsibilities were work, um, all the fixed things, but everything else around that, like meal preparation, getting my clothes ready every Sunday for the week outsourcing things so instead of mowing the lawns and doing all that stuff paying someone to come in and do that um cleaning cleaner. absolutely
0: love it yeah
1: that kind of freed me up to have the time to do that yeah
0: perfect yeah that's just fantastic and you're writing a book now uh on your experiences is that right
1: I am yeah I've probably got three books hopefully in the pipeline (laughs) one after the other so writing yeah yeah, all different things as well so through the journey of starting a new life um, losing a life really and starting a whole new one um, I used a lot of I guess the strategies that I've coached leaders on in organizations for years I've always I just flipped it and turned it around and uh, started coaching myself which is how I've created a whole new life and um, managed to work through how to integrate grief into my daily existence and things like that too so there's a lot of things that you can't ignore that you've been through you've just got to learn how to navigate life with them there and still have a positive mindset and still be able to move forward so the first book is really around my experience of becoming widowed and The reason it came to me while Mike was sick, that there's not a lot of books around that can actually have the harsh reality of what it's really like. Um, And I thought it would be helpful for people who go through it to not feel alone because they do. It's such an individual experience. not even their families um, can understand what it's like to lose a partner specifically um, and how to parent and how to deal with, um, you know, other people projecting their grief and their feelings onto you while you're still trying to carry on um, and then post that, you know, how you rebuild. So so I want to stop just there because I want you to um, talk a little bit about
0: how, like, how did you parent or how are you going to write in your book or if you've already written it, um, you know, what do you recommend in parenting when you're going through grief? She's going through grief, you know, how, what, what would you say that um, helped
1: you? And helped your daughter so we didn't know what we were doing (laughs) it would be the first thing and so it's trial and error every personality is different the biggest thing I would recommend is getting support professional support Mm -hmm. and children will say they don't need it they do need it Uh, my daughter said no to counseling or psychology um, appointments and now she goes all the time because it's really helpful for her as a teenager. So children, I think, don't often experience the loss and the grief. They have grief initially. However, it's like two years, a year and a half, two years, three years, and every Father's Day that comes up, or Mother's Day, you know, depending on whether it's their mum or their dad that's passed away, you know, or um, school events where people's parents both parents are there or you know and so they start to experience this very deep sense of loss that their parent is not actually ever coming back
0: yeah Um, it's the delayed effect isn't it yeah I can relate to that as a kid you know when things happen to you and you just pretend that you're okay you tell yourself you're okay and you squash it and squash it and it's not till those sort of events that can trigger them
1: right Absolutely. and you're both going through the same thing from a different perspective it's very hard for them to understand what losing a partner's like because they've not had a relationship you know yeah. right. right and
0: then they're just thinking well I lost my dad like you know he was my you know he was my dad
1: yeah and yeah. you know the other thing is oh well, you're gonna date and you're gonna find someone new but I'm not gonna get a new dad you know yeah. so yeah. dating you definitely need to get support <laughs> when you're dating yeah. Because that's really hard on them they they really don't know how to process it emotionally so it's really good having that outside perspective I think
0: yeah um, and and you mean counseling psychologists that kind of thing as as a support
1: we like school even school counselors are great to have like uh we've teed yeah. that up a number of times now with Ella's changed probably three schools in the last since we've been in Australia even which is crazy okay. um so she's had a school counsellor at every, at every school and that's been great because often grief is triggered when they're under stress. So around exam time or yeah, if something doesn't just, quite go right at school and she gets feedback that's not positive or, yeah, where she feels like she's failing or letting somebody down. It's the I mean,
0: underlying, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. So I think, I think of it as, you know, the full glass of water. The glasses fall, yeah, the glasses fall a lot for children who carry that with them. Yeah, and then anniversaries as well. So for example, like this week, we've got Mike's third year anniversary of passing, which is not something that you really want to celebrate, but you have to acknowledge Mm -hmm. because it really brings up a lot of memories from that time and last moments of being alive. And they're never really that great often. Um, And so, you know, I had to email her school and let them know that, she might be a bit quiet or need some time out so that's the other way you can support them is yeah stay close to school I would say yeah yeah
0: and what about you how do you support you
1: through well, that I, yeah so I, sur- I have amazing friends and an amazing network of people and I surround myself with only the best really so people do support me a lot I'm lucky and I'm actually open to talking about it it's when you keep it inside and people don't know it's coming up or know how to deal with it and I had a friend actually last week she's lovely and we've worked together as well and she said you know what are you going to do to look after yourself on Sunday and is there anything I can do to help you and that's really sweet and thoughtful so yeah
0: yeah. and that's why you have friends like that's what friends are about
1: absolutely nobody that I'm all of my friends are amazing I would not have anyone in my group especially after what I've been through yeah it's not supportive where you can't support each other yeah yeah
0: yeah I think um that's an important message too is that don't be afraid like get new friends if (laughs) if they aren't being actual friends and what friendship is about get new friends like don't be I think people are afraid to let go of um like even family members or whatever that haven't served you well if they're you know if your circle isn't right change your circle change your
1: circle absolutely change your job yes you live yes. change your car change how you dress change everything if you're not happy with anything yep change you, should, it. you can
0: change I always love the saying you're not a tree you can move
1: exactly and that so goes sure. for,
0: for anything you don't have to stay rooted and grounded and and that's not just like moving locations that's you know anything circle of friends, jobs anything that's happened like weight loss um anything you can change so would you say going right back to when you were 15 years old and having that traumatic event happen to you would you say that that has like you did you get the right support and and um and help then or you didn't so it shaped the way that you are right now and, and, hel- and helped you with, you know, your other tragic journey of, of losing your husband?
1: I got really great support in many ways. So I was lucky I had the counselor who I had a really good relationship with. It was a very lonely journey for me. My mum was going through the same stuff at the same time and the rest of my family didn't understand it, which is very similar to actually when Mike passed away, <laughs> same situation. So it really did set me up. Um for that, I think what it taught me most of all was mindset from a very young age. You choose your happiness, you choose how you show up to things, you choose how you represent yourself in the world. And how you do that is how people treat you. And I'm and also that anything is possible, you know, not letting somebody else's mistakes in life affect you. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest shift in mindset ever. I could have become a victim.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say because some people could just, you know, wallow in that and and mm-hmm. allow the rest of the of life situations to dictate. Oh, well, this happened to me, so that's why this is happening
1: or this happening or this is why I am the way I am. Absolutely. So you can become a person who's mistrusting of other people. You can fear for your safety. You can become um, very insular in how you operate in the world and you know become emotionally damaged I guess I worked the opposite mm. to not become all of those things and to really be an example to people that you know just in case something happens to you you can choose you don't have to choose to you know let it take you over um, and you can reinvent yourself too several times in your life as yeah well.
0: <laughs> yeah you can like you you know if you knew me 20 years ago you don't know me because you know I've changed and grown and
1: yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess as becoming a widow what I really didn't want was people to look at me and go oh gosh is that going to happen to me if I lose my husband you know in terms of if I had not got out of bed or carried on at work or you know being as you know kicking butt in the world like I was before my husband passed away. Um I didn't want them to think that their life would fall apart because it doesn't have to. You know, in saying that, I have had solid time to process everything. I haven't just, you know, ignored that things have happened to me. So, you know, when I was 15, I had that whole year of counseling and talking through things and crying and being afraid to be on my own and things like that. Um, you know, it took a lot of courage to get Absolutely. through that. And then with Mike, you know, I think I had a period, he passed away in, at the end of August. That Christmas, I normally have four to six weeks off for work. And I cried my little heart out every night for like two weeks straight. And I was watching all these movies, you know. Don't watch romantic movies if you're not a good
0: headspace. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. Um, all those Valentine's Days and and um what's that? What's the one that started it all? Uh, we were only just talking about them the other day. Like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, like all those ones with the same similar characters and they tell a story. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't don't watch that.
0: Um, or and maybe thought,
1: you do watch that to get the emotions out. Like <laughs> Actually, that did help. It did help. And there was a few funny things that happened as well. I remember saying to Mike, you know, we had lots of conversations before he he went. And I said, I'm going to watch Eat, Pray, Love, and Peace. I Love You. You know, and Peace, I Love You is actually a story about a widow, a young widow. And I was, yeah, and it came on the night of his funeral, both movies back to back. Hmm. So I've had a lot of... amazing things like that happened valentine's day the first valentine's day my favorite shoe company sent me a a gift card just for no reason and i emailed them and they said oh no we just felt like giving one away and you were the person that came up you know so i've had many things like that along the way goosebumps Um, i
0: just just legit got
1: like yeah, goosebumps, goosies. But, um, yeah, back to the crying and the feeling. Yeah, You have to do that and process mm. it to be able to move forward. Yes. But you also need to know, like for me, I told myself, okay, this is enough now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You got to cry, you got to feel to heal, and then you've got to go, okay, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've been absolutely amazing to listen to. And I think you're so inspiring. Is there any, like you've you've, um, told some absolute gold today. Is there any other message that you would like to send out to the listeners um, that, yeah, that are listening to your story today?
1: I think it's really just about these lots of ups and downs in life and you can't control what happens to you. You can control where you go and what you do with it. Mm. and you know never stop dreaming and take a risk like take more risks life is so short you know and just really live your best life whatever that is and always be happy now not happy when you know be happy every day be grateful I think gratitude is the one thing that has got me through everything in my life being grateful for everything I have the people around me um and give back to people, pay it forward. If someone's done a great thing for you, do something for somebody else to help them and make you know their experience a little bit easier. Um, those are the main things, really. Yeah, just yeah. perfect. Make-
0: So I can't wait to read your books. I can't wait for your books to come out. Where can listeners find you if they want to um, learn more about you or or hear from you? I know your book launch is going to be coming up soon. That's why your website is down at the moment. Is that right? It's currently yes. offline.
1: Yeah. yeah, It is actually. It is. It is com, but it will be up and running at some point soon. Um, and I'm on all social media platforms so Instagram and Facebook I've written a lot of things on there again I'm very sort of under the radar at the moment but next year you'll see me pop up LP, yeah. yeah probably everywhere so thank awesome you so well they the- can already start following you
0: before your book launch so we'll include all of those links um that you've shared with me today or shared with us today but I really want to thank you for being so open and being so um vulnerable and raw and and honest and uh, that's what this platform is all about um so yeah thank you so much for coming on today
1: oh thank you for having me
0: (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of hey mama you can find all the relevant links including socials in the description section of this podcast If you want to find out more information about how I can help you build your best body after babies, then visit my website, www.thefitmommethod.com for more info. Lastly, before you leave here today, if you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe and share so you can help me to reach out to those mamas that also need to listen too.